welcome to Gaining to Give, the podcast where money meets meaning. I'm Josh Roche, wealth advisor, founder of the Roche Group, and your host. Every week, we'll dive into practical tips, stories, and strategies that I hope help add purpose to your finances. Thanks so much for joining me, and I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Hey, thanks so much for being here. This is episode two of the Gaining to Give podcast. I'm so glad that you chose to tune in today. I'm once again joined by my beautiful co-host and wife, Holly Roche. Hi, I'm back. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> so glad that you're back. Today we're on to a new topic. Holly, do you want to introduce what we're talking about today? Yes. So today we're talking about money and relationships. Oof, gonna be a doozy. A topic we know very well. What's funny is that being a financial planner, and of course we talk about this a lot, but I think it was something that we were both a bit worried about talking about going into our relationship together. Would you say that's right? Yeah, I definitely think that was a topic prior to getting married that weighed a little bit heavy on our hearts is just worrying how we would navigate money once we got married. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a topic we're both, um, I don't know if I'm particularly as passionate as you, but definitely um, interested in sharing about our experience. Good. And our goal is to take this to all level of relationships, talking about what happens if we're just dating, what happens if we're engaged, what happens if we're married, progressing along that path or already there. Of course, Holly and I are married and we've had many conversations along the way about money, but the goal is that this can be applied to several different areas of relationships. Yeah. And I think it can be a, kind of a scary topic and one that people feel awkward. How do I bring mm -hmm. this up with someone I'm dating or engaged to? So hopefully we'll help you navigate some of those conversations and give you some tips for how to talk about that with your significant other. I think the first thing is just to start by understanding and being aware that we all have different individual views uh, about the way that we view money. You know, of course, going into a relationship, your view of money might have been shaped by a variety of different things. Could have been the way that you were raised, the time period you grew up in, the area, the geographical location you were raised. I mean, there's so many different factors that could play into now you as a X-year-old and how you view your own money. In moving into a relationship, I think it's important to understand that we all have individual views about it and none right or wrong, but certainly different that have to be brought together, especially for a successful relationship. So talking about us personally, I think about moving into Holly and I as we started dating and thinking about where we were both coming from in our views of money. I was off of a job with Paycom and making quite a bit of good money and I was single. I didn't have any dependents, nobody to take care of. Nobody was really concerned about taking care of. And so for me, I was an overspender. I love to travel. I love to go explore, play golf and uh, take friends. I just love to spend my money. I thought I earned a lot. Why not spend it? Why not enjoy it? So it was a little bit different for Holly. So Holly, what was your view moving into our relationship? My view was different. I was a teacher prior to becoming a nurse. So I was used to living paycheck to paycheck. Basically, I wasn't able to take extravagant vacations. I lived in an apartment with a roommate and then I transitioned to nursing school. So um, I was just not used to spending much money. And when Josh and I started dating, um, I do remember thinking we had very different views of how we wanted to spend or save our money. I think for the first period, we really didn't talk about it. Huh? It was just sort of 
something that we both observed, saw that we viewed it differently, but really didn't communicate at first, which is normal as you're just starting to get to know somebody. Right. You don't want to, you know, first date in, <laughs> bring <laughs> up something that, huh? <laughs> yeah. Uh, first date was long enough. Okay. So the first step is, of course, understanding that we all come from a different view of money when we move into a relationship. I think the second thing that's really, really important is you've got to communicate about that. You know, for somebody that's just starting to get to know somebody, of course, you're learning about their family and their life and their experiences and what they do and what do they like to do with their free time. And and money, I think, is just such an important topic that doesn't need to be brought up on the first date, of course. But early on, I think it does. If you're serious about this relationship, I think it's worth having a conversation. And I don't think that you need to bring everything out right away about, hey, I'm $50,000 in debt and here's what I have in the bank. And I think those are important details. But I think first, it's got to start with a conversation of how we view money. You know, things like what are we going to spend? How much are we going to save? What does it look like for when we start getting a job with the 401k and who's going to take care of benefits? Are we going to have separate accounts, joint accounts? What is that going to look like for you and for I? And are you going to be able to, to adapt if we can't see eye to eye on something. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, If you're planning on getting engaged, I think all of these things need to be discussed prior to the engagement. Sure. So Holly, what would you say, how would you approach that subject with somebody? We're serious. We've been dating for some time. I'm thinking about proposing or you think you're going to be proposed to vice versa. It's time to talk about money. How do I do that? How do I bring it up? I would say the best way to bring it up is gently, um, non-judgmental. If your partner, you know, tells you they have a mass amount of debt, I think you just need to tread lightly as you bring it up and just say, you know, I want to make sure we're on the same page as we dive into marriage together. And I want to try to, you know, be proactive to avoid fights and arguments later by laying all of this out on the table now. That's how I would do it. Yeah, I think that's great. I think the cool thing is, yes, if I have a lot of debt, is that a bummer? Absolutely. You know, if I had a million dollars in the bank, that's a great thing to walk into. But also, if I've got the right attitude and I'm flexible and we can decide together that we're going to attack our goals or prioritize together, then I don't see the amount of liability or the amount of assets being a huge deal. I agree. I think as long as both people are on the same page, that's the most important aspect. Okay, Josh, so if two people are coming from very different financial situations and are dating, let's say one is, you know, a big earner, has no debt, the other one is swimming in debt, what advice would you give to them? Yeah, I think that can be super intimidating thinking about, gosh, you know, this person is way farther ahead of me in the game of life for whatever you want to refer, refer to it as, but it does have to be communicated about, you know, delaying that further certainly doesn't help anything, but it's got to start with a conversation around the way, with the way that we view money and what's gotten us to this point in our lives. Because I certainly, I guarantee that if you start with that conversation rather than, Hey, I'm a hundred thousand dollars in debt. How do you feel about that? It's going to be well more received if we start with, here's my view on money. And then here's where I'm at. Because I, as a partner, anyone would understand that there's going to be people in debt. And that does not necessarily mean we can't get married, we can't move forward. For some, it'll be a significant red flag. But if I know that you've got a plan, we're working towards this, 
we see things the same and this is not where we're going to stay, then. Right. It can be a big red flag, but it, you know, if someone's in debt because of student loans, that's a very different spot than if they're a hundred thousand dollars in credit card debt. Yeah. Maybe we both went to college and my parents paid for it and yours couldn't afford that. And yeah. Okay. So moving on, once a couple is ready to get married, comes up the topic of joint versus separate accounts. Mm. So let's talk about our thoughts on that. Yeah. I think that in general, there are a few exceptions here where maybe a single account, a prenup agreement, something could be useful and should be used. But in the vast majority of situations, if you are serious with this person, I think the vast majority needs to have joint accounts. Yeah. Money is such a sensitive topic. It creates so many arguments and fights that individual accounts create secrecy, intentional or unintentional Secrecy for sure. It creates just questions. I wonder what Josh is spending on. I wonder what Holly has. You know, and I think the less we can have of that, of course, the better. Right. That's that type of division in a marriage, I think, can be really dangerous if, you know, there's just distrust and fear about what the other person has or is spending. Sure. And then from a planning aspect, it is much easier when we're talking about planning for goals together for our life together when it's all in the same place. Right. You know, rather than us having to come together and say, what's in your bank account? What's in your bank account? How are we doing here? Who's going to pay for this? Who's going to pay for that? We're going on vacation. Do we split that? Rather than having those conversations, you will save so much time, effort, energy, and probably money by keeping it the same place. Definitely. Along those same lines, I think it's so common in a relationship that one partner is going to take the lead on finances, budgeting, investing, tracking everything, and one person's maybe not as interested in doing that. And that's so common. It's, of course, not a secret in our relationship that that person tracking everything and maybe spending more time on it is me. But I know that it's still something that's very important to you. So, Holly, what advice would you give to couples that maybe share our same dynamic? I think it's really important as the less um, interested person in the relationship in money that you need to have access to all of your accounts. You need to see. Yeah. How do I know that you ain't going to Bass Pro Shop three times a week and (laughs) put in our grocery budget? Okay. Yeah. It's not, not about distrust per se. It's just you want to know, you know, what your family's goals are and I think the more knowledge you have regarding money, the better you can help accomplish those goals together. Even if you're not the one paying all the bills, doing the investments, you can still be involved and care. And I appreciate that about Holly is that she is engaged in those conversations because we're a team. And so if you're the one that's taking the lead on this effort for your family, I think it's good to remember that this other individual that's not as interested probably feels intimidated about it, might not understand it as much, still wants to be engaged, still very important to them. And so I think it's a good reminder to involve them in it intentionally, but also be gentle, explain, make sure everybody has a good understanding. And most importantly, that we're both working together on our goals, not just ones, but ours together. Even couples that are communicating well and are on the same page the majority of the time, they're still bound to disagree at some point. So, Josh, what advice would you have for couples going through a financial um, conflict or disagreement? Yeah, we have this in our marriage plenty. There's times that we 
are still communicating, still meeting, talking about our budget together, and still have disagreements. And that's totally okay. It's healthy. It's going to happen. I think it's good to remember that we don't have sides. We're on this together. You know, we've discussed shared goals, and ultimately we're going to come to a decision joint together. And that's probably going to be some give and take from both. I think it's important to remove this is my income or this is my debt or my assets. It's, of course, something that we share together as we've moved into marriage. And it's no longer about two individuals with different ideas trying to convince the other that theirs is right. It's about coming to a joint decision that aligns with our goals, what's important to us. It's about compromise. Yeah, all about the compromise. In our own marriage, you know, we've had fights about small things <laughs> like Amazon orders, medium things like buying a new couch, and then even big things like should we buy a new house or not. So um, in all of those scenarios, the common denominator. <laughs> That's the common denominator. Holly always <laughs> wins. We did get a new couch and we bought a new house, but we compromised. We talked through it. We saw that it was feasible and we moved forward together on those decisions. I think one other thing that's really important when it comes to money and relationships is that we've got to make it fun. Whether it's a money date where when we have our monthly budget meeting, we sit down to a nice dinner, candlelight. Ooh, yeah. So romantic. <laughs> make it enjoyable. I mean, it's not always fun to talk about money. It's not always fun. You don't always have these incredible goals that are about a trip to the Bahamas. Right. So I think you do have to make it fun. And one way to add some more fun is to celebrate successes. Mm, yep. So think about the goals you've set. When you accomplish those together, have a way to celebrate, whether that's just a little ice cream date from Brahms or, you know, a fancy dinner. Do something you both enjoy together to really celebrate each other and what you've know come together to accomplish yeah and make it proportional to the size of the goal if we oh, saved yeah. 500 bucks great probably don't go on a luxury cruise but if we just paid off fifty thousand dollars in debt might be worth a luxury cruise right maybe not a cruise but yeah something fun okay so if you didn't listen to anything else about this podcast i hope that what you take away in summary is that we've got to communicate early and often and we've got to make it a joint effort, even if one person takes the lead over the other. I think those are the two key facts about this whole episode. As always, if you didn't catch something, go back and listen to it again. Check out our other episodes. Thanks so much for joining us today. We sure appreciate you showing up and listening to this episode and supporting us in this journey. I'd also like to thank Mike Pfeiffer for his expertise in editing this podcast and getting it live. And lastly, don't forget, the more you give, the more you gain. See you next Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in to the Gaining to Give podcast. As a reminder, there are some important disclosures in the description of this podcast for you to check out. Thanks for being here.